Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Tuesday, July 26, 2022. Stand up for your country. So a viewer warning. If you're listening on a radio, you don't have to worry about this because you won't see it. But we have a brutal piece of video to show you. It's an attack on a police officer in New York City. And the reason I am showing this, I'm going to show you all of it. It runs about a minute. I'm going to voice it over by giving you the facts of the case. But the reason I'm doing this is to show you what police officers are going through in every major city in this country because the progressive left has pretty much destroyed the criminal justice system in America. Now, a lot of people are not paying attention to this, but certainly if you know police officers, if you know any law enforcement, they know what's going on. And you should, too. And this will vividly bring it home. That is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So we begin Saturday, July 23rd, last Saturday, okay, 6 p.m., Harlem, New York, 125th Street and Lexington Avenue. Okay, so there are police in the station. They see two 16-year-olds, a boy and a girl, hopping over the turnstile. Okay, they are avoiding paying going on the subway. Now, this never used to happen before because if it did, you were arrested. Now, because of the progressive leadership in New York State and city, you are not arrested. The worst that can happen to you if you jump over a turnstile is you get a ticket, which these people don't pay anyway. Okay, so the police confront the boy and the girl in Harlem on Saturday at 6 p.m. Roll the tape, I'll voice it over. The boy immediately starts to aggressively confront the police officer and it descends into a physical confrontation. You can see the girl there trying to help the boy and a female police officer neutralizes the girl. Now this goes on for more than a minute. You can see how intense this is and that both people could have been badly hurt. Now the, the third man that just came in is a transit officer and they finally neutralize the 16-year-old boy, okay? Now, this kid, just in the past few months, was arrested carrying a loaded gun and then arrested again for a robbery. This same kid, he was let out both times carrying a loaded handgun. So the next time you hear Governor Hochul or the mayor of New York City or anybody talking about handguns, you say you're letting criminals who carry loaded handguns out. No bail, no anything. Okay? So the police officer has to go to the hospital. The two juveniles are booked. They're let out right away. Right away. They're let out. Here's what they're charged with. Assault, second degree on a police officer, obstructing governmental administration, resisting arrest, disorderly conduct. Doesn't matter. Even though the guy had an arrest with a loaded handgun and now an assault on a police officer, he's out on his own recognizance. That means no parent. No parent there because he doesn't have a father. I can guarantee you. All right. So he's just out, just walks out, goes back to gang headquarters, and he's a big hero. This is the system here in New York City, and in Chicago, and in Philadelphia, and in Baltimore, and in L.A., 
and in San Francisco and in Portland, Oregon and in Seattle and in Minneapolis, all of these places. Why? Because the progressives who run those places don't want to prosecute criminals, especially minority criminals. That is the truth. So put yourself in the shoes of that police officer. This guy can assault him. What if he, what if he took the police officer's head and banged it against the steel girder there that you saw? Maybe if he killed the police officer, they'd hold him. Maybe. And you know, the sleazy lawyers are going to run in self-defense. It's the cop's fault, overreaction. And here's the kicker on this. The cop wasn't going to arrest the two. All he wanted was them to get out of the subway system. He wasn't going to arrest them. This kid wanted to assault the officer because he knew he'd get away with it and be a big hero in his gang. This is really the worst that I have seen in this country. And it all comes back to the progressive left. It's right there. Yet millions of Americans continue to vote for them. Minorities, African-Americans voting against their own protection, putting themselves in physical danger. Last night, there were nine people shot in New York City on a Monday night. This never happened under Bloomberg and Giuliani. Okay. Now, we called Governor Hochul's office for comment. Of course, say anything. Because she's the problem. She could do away with this no bail law. She's the problem. Yet she'll get millions of votes in November. It's almost suicide. Cultural suicide. And the police, I, I can't tell you. Every police officer, every single one. In all of these out-of-control cities, no, they are. They are in danger. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get a extra 15% off by using promo code Bill at checkout. So please go to fastgrowingtrees.com. Use promo code Bill at checkout. And that's the memo. Okay. Let's go to uh, Biden. He didn't do anything today. He's still sick, I guess. COVID. He had some virtual meeting with some 
Korean conglomerate or something means nothing to you, means nothing to me. He doesn't do everything. Every day, he does nothing. All right? He just doesn't do anything. The guy sits there. It's an article in the Wall Street Journal on the op-ed page today that says his own staff. I don't know if this is true or not. It's not sourced well, the article, the op-ed. His own staff says the guy's not doing anything. Biden's own staff says it, whispers it to political, whatever. I don't really believe those kinds of articles because they're lazy. But I don't see Biden doing anything. And I report on them every day. Okay, Nancy Pelosi, China, Taiwan. So this is an interesting story. In April, Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, was supposed to visit Taiwan. Okay, she didn't go because of COVID. She got COVID. Okay, then her trip was postponed, but she wouldn't tell anybody when she was going to Taiwan because of, quote unquote, security reasons. Okay, all right, I understand that. Then... The Chinese get wind that she's going to blow into Taiwan in August, and they threaten the United States. If she goes, we're going to do blah, 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 you know, what China always does. They don't want Taiwan in the news or legitimized. Then Pelosi doesn't say anything. Instead of standing up to the Chinese and say, look, if I want to travel to Taiwan, I'm a speaker of the house, I'm going to travel to Taiwan. Then a reporter asked Biden about it. Roll it. Well, I, I, I think that the military thinks it's not a good idea right now, but uh, I, I don't know what the status of it is. Of course you don't, Joe. <laughs> you probably didn't even know she was going. Pelosi's not going to go. I don't think she's going to go. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I don't think she's going. Because the Biden administration doesn't want any problem with China at this point. All right, last night we did, I think, one of the uh, finest pieces of journalism we've done in the past five and a half years since I've been doing the No Spin News. We gave you the absolute truth about the January 6th committee and what they are trying to do and how they did not call and issue subpoenas to people who could have told the American people the truth about what happened on January 6th. Then based upon all the information that I gave you, I analyze exactly what happened. If you are a BillOReilly.com premium member, you can access that report if you missed it anytime you want. And I strongly encourage you to do so, so you'll see the difference between what we do here on the No Spin News and what all the other television news agencies do. It's enormous, the difference. Now, there are two questions that people wrote to me about. I want to address them both. First of all, who had the authority to call in the National Guard to protect the Capitol on January 6th? The authority laid with the Defense Department, the DOD, Department of Defense. That's who could have ordered the troops in. But their fallback, this is General Milley, And President Trump, who's the commander in chief of the armed forces at the time, was we don't want to send those troops in if the Capitol Police and Washington, D.C. doesn't want them. Okay, remember, this was before anybody knew anything that was going to happen on January 6th. This was days before. 
So according to NPR, of all people, the director of the Capitol Police Force, a man named Stephen Sund, S-U-N-D, made six requests, six, in the days before January 6th to the House and Senate to bring the Guard in. All of those requests were denied. All six were denied. And Sun says because they didn't want, quote unquote, bad optics. Now, Sun was fired, so he has a beef. Okay. Now, what we do know is that the Guard never showed up. We knew that. Muriel Bowser on January 5th, one day before the riot, said this, put it on up, quote, to be clear, the District of Columbia is not requesting other federal law enforcement, that would be the National Guard, discourages any additional deployment without immediately notification to and consultation with the Metro Police Department. Okay, so Bowser didn't want him. Bowser didn't want him. Clear. Pelosi said, I didn't know anything about it. That's untrue. She had to know because the formal request was made by the Capitol Police chief. Six times. She had to know. She's not telling the truth. What a shock, right? Nancy Pelosi not telling the truth. So anyway, again, we nailed it. Go to BillOReilly.com. If you're not a premium member, become one. You get a free book and everything else. And you will know what happened on January 6th because it's important for the political landscape of America going forward. You know Trump's going to run and you know the press is going to attack him over January 6th. So you should know and all your friends and family should know what the deuce actually happened. And we have it for you. Okay, border. (laughs) This is unbelievable. Um, Fox News is reporting that the Department of Homeland Security says half a million gotaways have crossed into the USA in the current fiscal year that began last October 1st. The fiscal year in the U.S. government runs from October 1st to October 1st. So this is Fox News reporting half a million gotaways. That means they have no idea. The U.S. government has no idea where these people are. They weren't confronted. They just snuck in. Do I believe this story? I think it's more. I think it's more than a half million. Because it's so chaotic under Biden on the border. Multiple senior Department of Homeland Security sources told Fox. So it's anonymous source. You should know that. We always tell you where the information comes from on the No Spin News. Now. On Wednesday this week, all right, tomorrow, special report for BillOReilly.com premium members called Defending America, where I take my expertise, perhaps the highest among any civilian in this country, because I wrote and researched Killing the Killers, The Secret War Against Terrorists. I know what I'm talking about. We're going to do a special Defending America Tomorrow for premium members only. Begins at 8 p.m. But if you're a premium member, you can watch it anytime you want. So it's another reason to sign up, and I hope you do. It's a good special. You taped it already. It's, It's good. Okay, so the Biden administration, instead of stopping or trying to stop all of this unbelievable illegal migration, 
They say, you know what we're going to do now? We want to do, we're going to give them all IDs. So if you're an illegal immigrant, the Biden administration wants to give you an ID. Why? So you can access housing, health care, transportation, other benefits paid for by the American taxpayer. So illegal migrants can get all this stuff, even though their cases are not adjudicated yet. That's what the Biden administration wants to do. Of course, that would cost billions of dollars. I mean, I, I am beside myself, and you can, you can feel it in my voice. I know you can hear it. I have never seen in my entire 47 year in journalism anything even approaching the incompetence of President Biden. Nothing's close. I didn't live through Herbert Hoover. He was bad. But this is, I mean, this makes Jimmy Carter look like Abraham Lincoln. That's how bad this president is in his job. All right. Now, some of you know I went to the Kennedy School at Harvard. I have a master's in public administration. I always say they made a mistake in admitting me, but I got the sheet, okay? So when I was at Harvard, it was very liberal, but it wasn't oppressively liberal. I mean, the professors uh, and I had good dialogue, and and I have to say at the uh, Kennedy School of Government, I was one of the star students uh, because I knew more than a lot of the professors because I had been to El Salvador, and I had seen the Falkland War, and I had been to the Middle East and Northern Ireland. So I had a lot of experience, and some of them didn't. So we had very lively discussions, but it was always respectful. So now the Harvard Crimson, which is the newspaper, they have conducted a survey, and they found out that liberal faculty at Harvard's arts and sciences department outnumber conservatives 82 to 1. 82 to 1. I wonder who the poor one is. Nobody talks to that guy. They also found 83% of faculty surveyed at Harvard identify as liberal or very liberal. 16% uh, identify as moderate. 1.5% of the faculty in a whole university says they're conservative. Um, And then they asked, the the Crimson newspaper said, would you uh, support more diversity in the university hiring more conservative professors. 25% would support the idea. This is uh, Harvard faculty. 31% oppose it. They don't want any other point of view but their own. 44% say they neither support or oppose it. That's usually what the professors do. They're wishy-washy. Okay, now I tell you all this because it's interesting. It's my alma mater. And um, Harvard is considered the most prestigious school in the world, um, and it is a left-wing factory. So there is a new book out called The College Scam, How America's Universities Are Bankrupting and Brainwashing Away the Future of Americans' Youth. Just came out today. The book is by Charlie Kirk. Now, you may know the name, and you may know him. Let's bring him in. He's in New York City. He is the founder and president of Turning Point USA, a conservative organization. All right, Charlie, so before we get to your book, and I find it very interesting, on the right-wing websites, and I don't live in this world, I don't go to the ideological websites, but of course everything comes back to me through my staff and others, there is a movement about the FBI actually tanking 
the Hunter Biden investigation. And Senator Charles Grassley has written a letter about it, asking the FBI to explain. Now, obviously that we go back to Russian collusion and the FBI uh, botching that totally for political reasons. Now we're on Hunter Biden. What do you know, since you're in this um, atmosphere, this Internet, what do you know about this story? Yeah, here's what I do know. I know that there seems to be a, a series of whistleblowers that are coming forward, and it seems that there is a concerted PR campaign to try to make Hunter Biden uh, seem better than it actually is, and that these whistleblowers are coming forward, and they're saying at the top levels of the FBI, there's a concerted effort to almost make this entire story go away. Now, this is deeply disappointing, Bill, and I'm very frustrated because we know about the abuses of the Federal Bureau of Investigation that we saw under Donald Trump. Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, we saw it with uh, Bruce and Nellie Orr. And the problem, also Andy McCabe, the problem that I have is that almost none of those people were held accountable. Now, well, Durham is going about his uh, investigation, but my yeah, Strzok was Strzok was fired. Page was fired. Uh, but Comey, the director of the FBI, who certainly was ridiculous. But do you believe this story? I mean, you know, whistleblowers are whistleblowers or anonymous people. Um, do you believe that? The FBI is purposely tanking the Hunter Biden investigation. And if you do believe that, why? I mean, I believe what I've been told so far. I mean, I, I'm, I always have an ounce of skepticism at times with some of this stuff. But I do know this, that the, the, district, the district attorney, the U.S. attorney, I'm sorry, that's looking into the Hunter Biden story, um, the U.S. attorney has been saying that there has been a mountain of evidence that has come forward and that an indictment might be coming sometime soon. There's been lots of leaks to show that. But Bill, I don't find it uncharacteristic for the FBI to act in a political nature. I mean, that's something that we've seen, unfortunately, repeat itself in many separate manifestations. Yeah, I don't trust the FBI, I have to tell you, I don't trust them. And, yeah, and, I, and I lean traditional, I lean law enforcement. I don't trust the FBI because I don't think that there's anybody in there um, that, you know, we're, with Trump, you had an attorney general, Barr, who I thought was an honest man. Uh, Merrick Garland? I mean, come on. I, 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 all right. So let's get on to your book. What college did you go to? I didn't. So you didn't go to college at all? You graduated from high school? What high school did you go to? I went to Wheatley High School in the suburbs of Chicago. And actually, that's the first line of the book, is that I'm the best and worst person to talk about college not being the way it is that I why, didn't why did why did you not go to college well I originally wanted to go to West Point uh, didn't get in and I decided to take a gap year which turned out to be a gap decade and um, started turning point instead okay now are you recommending that most American young people not attend college I mean what's the overall theme of the book yeah, so there's a couple numbers that drive my recommendation. The first is this, is that 40% of people that enroll in four-year college drop out. So that's 40%. That's an extraordinary number. The next number that I think is equally as important is that 60% of people that end up graduating college, if they get a job, it will be in a job that does not require a college degree. Put all the wokeism and the intolerance and the assault on free speech aside. And so that is nearly 70% then of students that will enroll in college that will either drop out 
And if they get through those four years, they won't even use that very expensive diploma that they probably had to go into debt to get. Do you take into account the cultural benefits of going to college, the maturity, the exposure to different ideas, uh, the articulation of uh, certain really good professors and the socialization that you have to live on a campus, mom and dad aren't there anymore, and that you come on almost forced to become adult. Do you take any of that into account? I do. And I will say, though, that, you know, there was a survey done of Fortune 100 CEOs, and they're saying something has changed, though, especially in the last decade, that the students that they are now hiring, the graduates, I should say, they're now hiring their vocabulary skills, their writing skills, their social skills, their ability to interact have declined greatly. In fact, one CEO said this is a fire alarm for our company because we cannot find qualified graduates. And so, of course, I mean, look, college is what you make out of it for a lot of people. But I do make the argument in the book that there's a vast oversupply of students that enroll in these university campuses. And it comes at a great cost with the average student loan debt per person being $38,000 per person in our country, some with $100,000, $150,000. But I think the best argument, honestly, Bill, for college is if you can survive it without you know, going through any of the woke stuff, there is a legitimate, um, let's say, golden ticket you get if you go to one of the nation's elite colleges. I say this all the time, Harvard, Princeton, Yale, Stanford. If you can survive those four years, you will be treated differently. And I don't think that's right. I don't think it's something that is necessarily always earned, but that is definitely something that is a reality. Um, and we talk about that in the book. Well, it's a door opener. Um, mm -hmm. There's no doubt about that. Nobody ever asked for my degree when I applied for jobs in journalism. I guess they knew I had a master's from Boston U, but nobody ever asked to see my history degree or, or gave me a quiz on academics, any of that. They just wanted to know if I could perform on television, and that was all. They didn't care uh, what I did. So in that, in that regard, you are correct. But my children, I forced them to go to college. <laughs> I forced them. And the reason I did was because I believe that in a competitive atmosphere, which college is, that you learn to negotiate yourself through tough times, good times, you learn to deal with an awful lot of people that you wouldn't learn if you went into just say a apprenticeship to become uh, a carpenter or an electrician or whatever. You wouldn't have that. And I thought that that overall knowledge was very beneficial. And then if they wanted to become an electrician or a carpenter after the four years, that was fine with me because those people make a tremendous living. If you could drive a truck, and you're responsible in the United States, you can make $200,000 a year now, all right? Because these, these skills are absolutely necessary. But the maturity factor, and believe me, I know plenty of immature people went through college, including me, <laughs> but, but you are presented on any college campus with a number of things that you have to problem solve. And, and, and that's why I think it's worthy. Yeah, I will say, though, it's changed, though, Bill. I mean, look, a lot of your coverage, I mean, do kids get more mature when they have safe spaces if they find something that's offensive to them? No, but they're I mean, loons. And so you have to learn well, how to well, deal with the loons. I'll you know, if, this, you're, if, you're, if your background, Charlie, like, and I'm sure yours was, I don't know what your parents were like, but I, just, you know, I know you and I know how you present yourself. 
your background and my background are similar. So we were taught by our parents, all right, that there is a right and a wrong in the world and that you conduct yourself in a certain way. So you, but even, not everybody gets that. And so you have to learn how to deal with the loons. And you're right, the loons are overrunning a lot of colleges now. Right, and there's just to the point though, is that the loons are overrunning the college, but the institution itself is developing a maturity at a far lower rate. Uh, whereas you could complain if somebody offends you, it's almost incentivized to do so. Um, whereas the college atmosphere, maybe in the 80s or 90s, would have been, hey, figure it out. You know, uh, who cares if somebody say some, says something offensive? Bill, it's not a fringe minority. You have the entire college administration that gave kids off at Yale Law School. Days I understand. I got it. And that's my right. My recommendation to every parent is to research the colleges because there are good colleges. There are colleges that don't do that. OK, and that's I did my research mm -hmm. um, and I'm not going to mention any names now, but down the road I might. And there were colleges that I said to my son, you know, this place is bad. It's bad. Look, right? there are some stay away. Schools. There's some good schools. I've, yeah. I will say, though, Bill, that parents have to be comfortable with a risk. And in all in life, there's risk in everything that they may no longer share your values. In fact, they might become opposed to your values at they some could. of these universities. Absolutely. All right, Charlie, the book is The College Scam, How America's Universities Are Bankrupting and Brainwashing Away the Future of Americans' Youth. It's out today. Wish you the best. And thanks for helping Thank us you. out, Charlie. Good to see thanks, you. Thanks, Bill. People can find it at collegescam.com. Thank you, Bill. Okay, say that again. I want everybody yeah, to use, so. bring Charlie back. Um, say that again. Where can they get it directly? Sorry, they can get it directly at collegescam.com. Collegescam? S-C-A-M.com? Yes. Okay, well, they will forget that. Um, thanks again for helping us out, Charlie. Okay. Uh, whistleblowers and Hunter Biden. I don't know. And when I don't know, I tell you. Now, I have no confidence in the FBI. I don't know if the U.S. attorney in Delaware is doing his job. He's dependent upon what the FBI gives him. That's got to come to bear within the next few weeks. Smart Life. So this is a segment we do every day now to try to help you economically, mostly. All right. Live the smart life. So. There is something I never heard of, but here it is. True Bill app. So you remember that because of me, right? True, T-R-E-U-B-I-L-L, -L, True Bill app. Okay. So it identifies subscriptions you may have to cable, Netflix, Hulu, whatever, magazines, anything you're paying. All right. Newspaper subscriptions. And it will cancel them for you if you want them to. With one tap, boom, it's gone. All right, so you don't have to think about it. You don't have to pay stuff on your credit card that you don't know you're paying, whatever. True Bill app. Now, a lot of people are cutting out the stuff that uh, they don't need. We lost some subscribers on BillOReilly.com over the past four months. Not a lot. I mean, we still have an 85% retention rate, which I think is the highest in the country. But I know why. Because people going, oh, you know, I don't have the money to do it. We will save you 10 times the money you pay on a subscription if you listen to us on a regular basis. So true app. 
Then I got a letter from Bubba Edwards in Titusville, Florida. Now, this is an interesting and easy tip that will save you money. Bubba has gotten a gas credit card, like Mobile or Shell or whatever. I don't know what company Bubba got the card from. And you should shop around. On this card, you get a discount for every gallon of gas that you buy. Doesn't matter what the price is. So the price goes up, price goes down, you still get, I think, up to 10% on some of these cards. They, you put it, put your card in the dopey uh, thing where you fill up your card, okay, and then they automatically take 10% off what you're paying. So if it's 100 bucks to fill up your vehicle, like it is in California, so you get 10, it's 90. Okay, maybe not enormous, but over uh, the year, it adds up to between six and a thousand, $600 and $1,000. And all you got to do is get the stupid gas card company. Shop around. Some have more than others. That is a really good tip from Bubba Edwards in Titusville, Florida. Okay. I love this. So there's a study published by the American Heart Association, which is a serious outfit, and it's in a journal called Hypertension. All right. And it was a study of about 400,000 people in the UK. I don't know why it was in America. It says that people who take naps during the day have an increase of stroke, the likelihood of stroke. But then if you read the fine print, as we always do, a lot of this comes down to people who take naps who are regular smokers and drinkers. So, yeah, if you're smoking two packs a day and drinking a quart of gin, you may get hypertension and a stroke, even if you take a nap. Now, I don't believe this stuff. I think naps are good, mainly because I take them when I can I don't mean three, four hours, although I know a lot of people would like me to take a nap for that period of time. I mean, a half an hour. Winston Churchill took a nap every day uh, for a half hour, 20 minutes. You were refreshed. Okay, I don't believe it's bad for you, but I could be wrong. And on a subject of Winston Churchill, it is the, I just threw this down. I, let me get it. <laughs> Pages stuck together. Lot, you know, this, you've seen a lot. This day in history, July 26, 1945, Winston Churchill thrown out of office as a British prime minister. So he wins the war. Churchill held that nation together in the face of Hitler. It was Winnie who did it. Now, Winnie, you know, he was a big cigar guy, big booze guy. So he loses on July 26, 1945 to Clement Attlee. Why did he lose? Why did win the hero of World War II, why did he lose? Because the British people didn't have anything after the war. They were all broke. And Adley went in and says, we're going to give you everything. All right, we're going to be the party that gives you everything. We'll take care of you. Socialism. And that's why he won. So Attlee wins and Churchill becomes the leader of the opposition. But in 1951, six years later, it took six years, Winston Churchill is re-elected prime minister, but he got booted 77 years ago today. All right, good mail segment and a final thought about the, let me get this right now, the, I forget it. 
I forget what it is, but I will remember when we come back from break. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by faith. All right, we're back and it's the Smug Club. How can I forget that? It's my phrase. That's a final thought. But first, some mail. Al Deason, Navarre, Florida. O'Reilly, you gave an excellent summation of January 6th. You suggest Donald Trump did not act quickly enough after learning the riot was underway. At that point, what could he have realistically done to stop the ongoing riot? Doesn't matter, Al. Doesn't matter. You got to stand up and stand up fast. That was his big mistake. Diane and Paul Erickson, Rockland, California. Bill, tonight's no spin news, one of the best ever. You presented the facts, which clearly reflect the in-depth research you and your staff conducted on January 6th. We also found the financial segment most helpful. Well, we're trying very hard to make your life better. James Burley, Porter Ranch. Uh, Where is Porter Ranch? James does not say. I should know, but I don't. Um, Bill, a couple of months ago, I asked if you thought Donald Trump would be charged with a crime, which would ban him from running again in 2024, the fiasco January 6th committee. So reason is to charge him. Will he be charged? I do not think so. I don't see it. I don't see it. Too much exculpatory evidence to charge him with sedition or whatever. I, I don't see it. Uh, Stevie, concierge member, direct access to me. Stevie, thank you. Excellent research, Bill. Your staff is outstanding. It's a shame the population of this country is so stupid. They accept the babble being put out by the media. They believe what they want to believe, Steve. That rhymes. They believe what they want to believe. You hate Trump. You want to believe the worst. It's simple as that. Mike Harper, Fournay, Texas. Mr. O, everyone says they're stating the facts. How do I know who's telling the truth? Well, documentation. Mike, we document what we say. There it is, in stone. Don't believe it, you don't believe it. Again, you believe what you want to believe. Kenny Baker coming to Georgia. President Biden's awful, but Trump is wearing people out. 
voters would have an easier time focusing on his successes if the man didn't act like a drama queen every chance he got. You know, Trump is Trump. That's it. Not going to change. Wendy Braithwaite, Lyndon, Utah, in your opinion, O'Reilly, is there any blame to be assessed to Mike Pence on January 6th? I have not seen any. The vice president did what the Constitution mandated he do. I looked at it hard. Beverly Thetford, Kingsport, Tennessee. Mr. O'Reilly, I heard Liz Cheney, I meet the press, say President Trump did not offer troops to Congress for January 6th. Is she lying? Misstating. <laughs> she and Nancy Pelosi are in that same little boat. I mean, just the documentation is there. Inspector General of the Pentagon says it. Stephen Pennington, uh, Hesperia, California, the entire Biden administration has no plan, and they are sticking to it. <laughs> That's true. No solution to any problem. None. Frightening. Absolutely frightening. And it's not like, you know, all the presidents of this country have been geniuses. They haven't been, but nothing like this. Janice McEwen, Rockville, Missouri, home run for you on the column in November. Hopefully the voters will wise up and elect new members to the Congress. So look, I wrote the column, uh, Joe Biden Needs Help. It's on BillOReilly.com. I did it in a funny way. I hope you read it, but it's absolutely true. Adam Drop, Somerset, New Jersey. I ordered Killing the Killers. Got a free sticker which says, regret your 2020 vote yet? I put it on my flatbed trailer. I thought I would get the middle finger, but it's quite the opposite. I see thumbs up everywhere I go. Good, Adam. I'm, I'm glad you're getting affirmation. All right. Defending America once again tomorrow night, 8 p.m. For premium and concierge members on BillOReilly.com only. Sign up. You see it. Okay. Killing the Killer is still a major bestseller after 12 weeks in the marketplace. Uh, and we really appreciate that. And on deck, Killing the Legends, The Lethal Danger of Celebrity. Very different killing book. I think you will like it. It will engage you. Word of the day, do not be restive. R-E-S-T-I-V-E, restive. Back with the final thought in a moment. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the Internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, here is the final thought that I forgot because uh, I need a nap. Um, Samantha B., late night, far left comedian, canceled. Okay, is anybody surprised? I'm not. Nobody watched her. She's done. And she is a member of the Smug Club. Here are the other members. Colbert, Trevor Noah, John Oliver, Seth Meyers, Jimmy Kimmel, on and on and on and on. The Smug Club. Here's my question. How can you left-wing comedians be so smug and arrogant and condescending and supercilious, word of the day, how when you all supported Joe Biden? Wouldn't that humble you a little bit? 
wouldn't you say, damn, I may, may make a stake there. I, mean, I don't like Trump, but Trump governed the economy pretty well. Now, right? What do you have to be smug about? What? This is now, he's passed Herbert Hoover, in my opinion. I mean, it's close. The second worst president ever, next to James Buchanan. Someday I'm going to tell you all about James. But you don't have a right to be smug, but you're smug. And Americans have had quite enough of the smug club. Quite enough. And there's a lot of news people that are smug too. They don't want to watch him. I hope I'm not. If I'm smug, you got to let me know. I don't want to be smug. Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. We will see you tomorrow.